Hello and welcome to the first episode of the revised A German and a Catholic Go to a Movie. We've now changed our name to A German and an Aussie Reviewer Movie. The reason we decided to do that is because having the word Catholic in there, friends of mine were saying it was bringing up all these other suggestions for like religious podcasts and things like that, and they're not religious people. And also, I'm not quite sure if the joke translates. Well, it is, uh, after all, a boomer joke. So uh, maybe we're uh, shooting off some of the audience with that one. So we've made the change and we've also got a new podcast tile, which you can have a look at, which I thought was quite nicely designed and Gregor agreed to it. This will be our last episode for the year. And we've decided to, you know, do a bit of a mishmash and we've got a rough guide of what we're going to do. And because everyone's got a lot more time or if you're in Australia or Europe, you get a bit more time. I'm not sure about America, how much time you get. We're going to recommend a movie, a TV series and a podcast. So whatever we're looking at at the moment. So what we might do is we might start with a podcast. So Gregor, what are you listening to? Or what would you recommend? Oh, Jared, I'm a bit I'm a bit surprised by this name change. Now I was preparing my top 10 Bible podcasts um, because <laughs> I thought after all, we are a highly Catholic podcast. But in terms of uh, podcasts, I did quite enjoy a podcast this year that you actually back in the days recommended to me. Uh, you remember, you must remember this. Yeah, it's about Hollywood history, I would say. A bit Hollywood history, Hollywood gossip behind the movies. Um, and uh, this year, the host, Karina Longworth is her name. She did a quite interesting episode about, get this, your topic, Geraldo, erotic 80s. <laughs> I started listening to that one, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw this is right, your alley. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so my alley. I'm just going to say, my name is on that alley. You were like the Australian Chicolo, the Richard Gere of Sydney. <laughs> Not quite, not quite. I had my charm, <laughs> but it certainly wasn't as a Richard Gear. I can tell you that. Anyway, I did quite, uh, I did quite like that. It basically talks about, yeah, it was this time where all these erotic thrillers came up. Um, I think you probably remember it better than me. I was born in the late eighties, but yeah, it's quite, uh, it's a time that seems very far away now, but it's very interesting because it was like, uh, I guess. Porn wasn't so available yet, so yeah. people tried to put it in the movies. Yeah, they certainly tried to push the boundaries with it. I mean, they still are. They're probably pushing the boundaries more on television now. Because I watched a few episodes of Euphoria. Have you watched that? Holy dooly. Like, You're the Chen C of us too, so uh, I had to leave it to you. <laughs> the amount of drugs and sex and swearing in that, which is aimed at a younger audience, I was like slightly, well, how, how could <laughs> yeah. that? Because it was a bit full on, didn't you think? Didn't you think it was a bit graphic? I have to admit, I've, I haven't watched it yet, but it's kind of on my list. Uh, even I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, when I see the trailer, I feel I feel a bit too old for this. Oh, look, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, certainly didn't represent my school years, I can tell you that. When you're doing uh, mollies and orchies all the time when you were on a double countryside school in the middle of Australia. It was more like... <laughs> finding an old playboy out the back of a shop <laughs> and as for drugs it was i remember my friend stole a bottle of star wine from his mother's cupboard <laughs> and oh. we went down to the riverbank and we were drinking it and then these guys came down and wanted to beat us up <laughs> oh god yeah we certainly didn't do anything crazy like that well i don't think teenagers are still doing anything that crazy i think they're probably more housebound than Ever, I think, in many ways. COVID teenagers definitely are. Is it entertaining? Euphoria? What you recommend? Look, it does get you in. 
the stories are presented in a very sort of fashion, dystopian sort of way. So I can see why a lot of teenagers would fall for it and would go for it. You know, I can see why a lot of young people would like it. It's like, it's not like Gossip Girl, but it's that sort, it's the Gossip Girl of its generation where you can see a lot of people, a strong female audience, just people being really interested in it because the characters are quite engaging. I mean, I only watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's good, it's good actresses. Uh, yeah. It's like uh, of Zendaya and then it's... Uh, Sydney Sweeney, who was in um, White Lotus season one as well. And also it has that thing that a lot of people like now, a lot of representation of different sort of people, which I think is a big selling point now. Yeah, we already got into TV shows. But uh, so anyway, if you are into movies, I would really recommend you to check out the podcast. You must remember this. Yeah, just a little bit more about that podcast too. Often what the you know podcast lady will do, whose name escapes me, she will theme like a, say, eight episodes. You know, show, yeah. So you might have like Killer Blondes, I think was one of them or something like that. And yeah, yeah an erotic 80s. And then she did a, what was a really interesting one on the woman that was the producer? The wo- it's the Polly Platt episode of a series, the one you recommended me. That is really good. She's the, yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? It really gets you in, and you don't realize yeah. how much she was involved in, you know, some quite significant movies from the eighties and nineties. So the Polly Platt episodes are a really good listen. As for my podcast, it's not quite as intellectual as Gregor's, but if you're a fan of Girls of the Playboy Mansion. Two of the stars of that show now have their very own podcast called Girls Next Level, 15 or 17 years later or whatever it was, and I'm really enjoying it. Now, when Gregor lived with me in Sydney, he and his girlfriend, I, they used to occasionally watch with me Girls of the Playboy Mansion, which I would watch on YouTube, and his girlfriend was thoroughly disgusted most of the time, but I used to really enjoy it. And Yeah, it was like uh, we were forced to watch a, a car accident. But, yeah, uh, but it was it was oddly comforting. It was oddly comforting because I can remember watching it the first time. Anyway, two of, there were three main girls. There was basically Bridget, Holly, and Kendra. Now Holly was Hugh's main girlfriend, and Kendra and Bridget were like you know the second tier girlfriends. Yet Kendra's kind of moved on and seems to be slightly estranged from the other two. Bridget and Holly basically give their opinions, and they talk about episodes and things that were going on in the mansion and behind the scenes, and they also just generally chit-chat about their lives and everything now. It's kind of interesting because there's a good contrast between how Holly and Bridget view their lives in the Playboy Mansion because Holly sees it as, you know, an exploitive relationship and they were being used and they were, you know, like sort of kept, you know, virtual prisoners in this gilded cage. And she's a little bit bitter and a bit angry about it, whereas Bridget has what I think is a more realistic approach. And she looks back at it and goes, well, it was a time in my life and it was a fun, silly thing I did, but then I grew out of it and then I left. And I've got all these good memories and I have all these good experiences. And it wasn't all positive, but a lot of it was. So it's kind of interesting to get the two perspectives. I can see Greg will be absolutely riveted with this podcast. I'm like, I think like this is the deepest analysis anyone has ever done about the, the girls next door and apparently the girls next level now. So, um, yeah, really. I, I feel like you should uh, write a blog post about it. That is uh, it's very deep and touched. I highly recommend it, particularly if you're traveling. If you're driving for long periods, like I do, it's really good to have a podcast like that on where you don't have to think too much about it, but it's oddly entertaining at the same time. I suppose I could listen to something political. Or, no, I want to hear Bridget and Holly talking about <laughs> their, their lives in 2004. Now, was that show on MTV as well in Australia? Because I remember in Germany, all these shows were on MTV and it was like a real 
face or in the early 2000s of all these kind of reality shows or these dating shows dismissed or room raiders uh coming up after check as was that a whole mtv wave as well in in australia we had mtv like it existed but I didn't certainly see it there. It was just on commercial television. Like So I think MTV, because they were the producers of it, I think sold some of those shows. Because I can remember watching Jackass and I can remember watching Girls Next Door. Oh, it might have even been bigger in Australia. I think in Germany, MTV just bought all these shows. And some of them were quite big. I remember Flavor Flav with Pumpkin and New York. <laughs> I don't remember that one at all, but I do remember like Pimp My Ride. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I never really got into that. It was, I thought that was boring, Pimp My Ride, but I love Jackass, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, anyway, so you would recommend, of course, The Girls Next Door and The Girls Next Level. I will also get right into it after this podcast. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, any TV shows you would recommend or maybe you were disappointed by this year? One that I've watched most recently, and I did quite like it, although it's probably about three episodes too long, is Wednesday, the Tim Burton take of the Adams family daughter named Wednesday. Most people know the story, but I'll give you a quick non-spoiling synopsis. Basically, Wednesday gets sent away to a boarding school that is awfully like Harry Potter, to the point where I think they should actually pay J.K. Rowling some like royalties because it's such a blatant ripoff. She becomes involved in a murder mystery with loads of supernatural elements set in a boarding school. So it's all sounding terribly familiar with lots of different subgroups. I thought the visuals of it were amazing. It's it's really entertaining, but it, the story does drag. And Wednesday Adams is basically a morbid, you know, adult character in a young woman's body. That's the novelty. A little girl who's very morose all the time. And she literally is morose all through it. So it gets a bit much at times because she doesn't really get thrown by anything. Having said that, the actress involved certainly, you know, brings life to the role. And the visuals I really love. I thought they were some really good ones. It's been bashed a bit for its terrible CGI, but not everything's a zillion dollar production. And it is what it is. I would be surprised if most people didn't skip an episode or two or, or, you know, like watch the later episodes. You can tell what's going on pretty quickly, I think. But still, I think it's a really interesting journey to get there. And all the episodes end on a cliffhanger. So it's pretty good to watch. Yeah, we we finished it yesterday, actually. Um, what did you think? Honestly, my girlfriend started uh, watching it. I never really had much to do with the Adams family or watched like the old movies, um, things like that. But she was quite into it, so I joined her, and I liked it much more than I thought I would, to be honest. Same here. Like, I, the only reason I watched it is because a friend of mine said, look, just watch it, because it's really interesting. And also it had the controversy of the school is a bunch of subgroups, and there's both, both you know, black and white students, basically. And it created a bit of a furore, because some of the aggressive and nasty and bullying students are actually black as well. There was a bit of a backlash about, you know, them not being portrayed positively. But it's such a good story. It doesn't really matter. And I think you should have that shouldn't go on. You basically have characters from all different races can be anything. You know, that's my theory on all these sorts of things. Otherwise, it's too predictable, too. But yeah, yeah thought, exactly. And, and the characters also develop. It's, uh, that is a completely stupid conversation. And in, in, in this case, I have to say, I, yeah, I, I thought wouldn't it was, agree yeah. at all. Without giving too much away, there is some movement in how the characters grow. And, and that's normal, I think, too. But it has a really strong fashion element. That's why I think a lot of a lot of girls will go for it, because the clothes are great. There are multiple articles I saw in the last weeks where it's like how Wednesday brought the gothic fashion back. And uh, 
the dance is like a big meme um, when she dances uh, at the party and uh, the song became quite popular now. So it's uh, it's quite fascinating. Uh, anyway, I find how when there's like an older song played in a popular TV show, the song gets discovered by uh, the younglings like us, the Gen Z. And um, <laughs> for example, due to Stranger Things uh, season four now, I think it's definitely too many seasons. There's Running Up the Hill from yeah, Kate that Bush, was I huge. Think. That got a huge and then, And Amy Adams uh, in Wednesday as well, but. Uh, apologies, I don't uh, remember the title at the moment, but it, it's getting quite popular now as well. Yeah, I thought the dance sequence wasn't as great as a lot of other people did, but, you know, it's still very good. Yeah, they even had in Stranger Things, they had a revival of a really old Olivia Newton-John song, Twist of Fate. That one was getting a bit of a sort of a play, probably more emphasis in Australia because, you know, she is Australian and all that. You, you need to sing that for me. I can't uh, recall that. No. It's got to be a strange twist of fate. Telling me that heaven can wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, that actually rings a bell. That was much, <laughs> much uh, less terrible than I expected. He goes to the, basically one of the characters goes to a disco or something, a school disco, and it's playing. They have like a roller skater disco and all these 80s cliche where I'm not sure how many people really did that or we're just uh, reimagining. Oh, no, we did it. We did it. That did was it. a thing. Okay. Definitely roller skating was pretty big back in the days. I can distinctly remember it. So Wednesday would be my recommendation for this one. If you want something that's kind of light that you can sit around with during this holiday time of the year. And you, the other thing too is you can quite easily stop watching it halfway and watch it a couple of days later. It's pretty easy to keep up with. And you, Gregor, for you watching with your German eyes I, there. I feel it's been a pretty good year for TV shows. Maybe it's also because I'm here in the north and it's uh, cold and dark in the winter and you're kind of stuck at home and watching a lot of stuff. I did like Wednesday too. I mentioned before the White Lotus season two uh, is, I would say, now that it's wrapped up, it's even better than season one and it is quite a spectacular and amazing ending. Have you gotten around to it yet, Jared? Look, the reason I haven't got around to it is because I barely got through season one. But if you think it's that good, like I'll have two weeks solid off and I can I can watch it. Give it a watch. Um, it is, as you like it, as a Euphoria fan, it's very sexed up. This season is all about sex and power. Oh, so but... I can see what I'm missing out on. <laughs> it gives you some inspiration. No, uh, jokes aside, it, it, it's really it's really good and fun. I, I think you should give it a watch. What I recently started, haven't finished yet, is The Bear. I haven't heard of that. Um, yeah, that's been quite a sleeper hit. It's uh, been in a, produced like on a lower budget by, I think, FX Studios in the US. It's basically about a young guy who left Chicago to be a, a cook in the a chef in the best restaurants around the world. Also here in Copenhagen in Noma, which is, uh, I think has been voted multiple times for best restaurant in the world. When his brother passes away unexpected, he uh, comes back to Chicago to take over his brother's sandwich shop and tries to uh, make it into a, yeah, into a profitable, good shop, uh, restaurant. Yeah, it's very fast paced, short episodes, very anxiety inducing, but goddamn, it's really good. It's like music is great, it really pumps you up, you feel like you're in the kitchen. There's not any fat around it, it's mostly based in this restaurant. It's really not a, a surprise hit anymore. I just saw it was in Guardian, even named as the best TV show of 222. 
Is it a comedy or a drama or what? It's a drama with comedic elements with the guy from Shameless. I can't recall his name at the moment, but it's a lot in this direction, I would say. So it's a bit like, yeah, people down on their luck, a bit like you could say white trash in Chicago. There's a lot of swearing, which I know you love, Gerald. Oh, how dare <laughs> But it's really, it's a really good time. And it has a lot of comedic elements. It's not too serious, but I've been only halfway through it. But you can definitely feel there's some drama crawling up into it. But you really start out, like, who are these characters and why should I care about them? And then even the in the beginning, who are like kind of the biggest assholes, even these characters you grow to like, it's very well uh, written, I find, and, and just beautiful shot. You should give it a watch. I think it's on Disney Plus in most countries. Look, I will. I'll definitely look at that one because I'm looking for something to watch now that Wednesday's finished. As for movies, I'm going to step back in time a bit here. I've been trawling through YouTube looking at classic horror films, and I mean like <laughs> 50s, 60s. I thought I'd recommend a couple of old movies on YouTube simply because, you know, there's going to be people out there that don't have a lot of money or can't leave the house because it's too cold or whatever, and they can watch something on YouTube. But you should do a you should do a podcast about uh, saving money, Geraldo. You're the best on that. I can be super tight <laughs> with money. Don't you worry about that. So the movie that I'd recommend is from is an old horror movie from 1964 called The Devil Doll. So you can just look it up. It's an old black and white movie, and it's about a basically a hypnotist and a ventriloquist who has, of course, a creepy doll that appears to have a life of its own, and he puts it in a cage every night. Now, it's not the big budget. There's no one in it that you'd recognise now. Maybe at the time you would have. But there's just something about it that's got a really distinctive, creepy feel. If I don't know how... You have to actually watch it, though. It's not one of those ones you can muck around on your phone or watch a bit while you're doing it. You have to be, like, a bit tired after work and you have a glass of wine and you've had your dinner... And you're just settling down and you've got the time to actually watch it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was frightening, not in a modern way. So it's a slower story. It's quite dialogue heavy. So I don't know how younger audiences would find it, but I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of old horror movies, you start to see the references on where things came from. Like when you see Psycho, you realise, like, I mean, it's probably not that frightening. anymore. there's a few jump scares in it, but you start to realise where it, came from but there is a trailer out at the moment if you've seen this one gregor called megan about a girl who gets a an ai doll ah, and it becomes okay. her best friend and the trailer gives away so much but basically this ai doll gets delivered and it's got its own sort of mind and of course it becomes homicidal as they always do but i still think it looks <laughs> like a really good idea like I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in for that i've got a got a soft spot for psychopathic dolls I watched a bit of the trailer and it was giving away so much that I decided not to watch anything else. The trailer was just really ripping into the story. Like within the first 30 seconds, I thought, my God, they told me the story almost. Because it's 1964, you do get all these really nice location shots. And it's set in London. So if ever you, you've been to London, you go, oh, that's what Piccadilly Circus looked like, you know, 70 years ago. Yeah. Like I think the location shots are quite interesting to see how life has changed and how people have changed. And all the acting is terribly, terribly British. And, you know, everybody's very well spoken. and because a lot of the actors in London at the time were trained for the theatre. That's what they used to do because films weren't such a big thing. So they were trained for the theatre. So there's a lot of enunciation and projection. It's a definitely a, a not a naturalistic style of acting, but it actually works for something 
you know, like a very overly black and white sort of horror. That's what you expect from this area, right? <laughs> it doesn't back away from sex either. Like, it's certainly not graphic, Ooh. but they're not pretending that it doesn't happen, which a lot of those older movies did. Um, well, look, I'm, uh, we're going to London, actually. Uh, it's a Christmas gift for my partner and of February, so I can watch the movie ahead and see what I recognise. Yeah, look, once again, it's a slow watch, but I really enjoyed it. Speaking of dolls, have you seen the Barbie trailer? What did you think? That's a very that's a very good leeway. I like it. Um, yes, I have seen it. I, I thought it looked terrible. I thought it looked really bad. <laughs> I'm genuinely a bit excited to what this movie is going to be, but I'm also a bit frightened because maybe Barbie isn't like the the best or the most interesting subject to make like a whole society critique um, movie out of it. I think you could take a more interesting base for that. But on the other hand, have you seen the the photos of Ryan Gosling and oh. Margaret Robbie on Venice Beach in the roller skater outfit? <laughs> yeah, I have seen them and, and they're pretty funny. But I also think they're like, I'm not sure he's the best choice to play Ken. And I'm not sure she's the best choice to play Barbie, to be honest. But they just don't I, seem to be quite good looking enough. I mean, you know, but... Wow, like that, but... wow, yeah. I mean, look, it's not Geraldo and Gregor. But uh, you've got to work with what you have, right? Probably Nepo babies. That's how they got in there. I don't know if either of them are Nepo babies. She's an Aussie old Margo. So. Yeah, I, I think this movie's more in your uh, courtyard. So um, maybe you'll give it a watch and then we Look, I'll end up. There's no it. doubt I'll end up probably having a watch of it. But it doesn't really, like, you know, apparently, like, social media's going bananas over it. But I find that hard to believe because I was reading a few Reddit things and they were just slamming the living daylights out of it. Whereas you read the YouTube comments and they're all like, can't wait, looks awesome. You know, like all the yeah. Reddit comments are, who asked for this crap? You know? <laughs> yeah. You can watch the most terrible trailers on YouTube and you always have like super uh, supportive comments under, under the video, which is kind of nice, I guess, but it's really not an indicator to say anything about the quality of a movie. Oh, not at all, not at all. Uh, have you seen anything, Gregor? Not a YouTube, probably not a YouTube movie from 1964. I <laughs> no, I, I find it's quite amazing how much you can find on YouTube. It's actually a good recommendation by you, Geraldo, to sometimes just look out on YouTube. I think the first time I saw Psycho was in your apartment as well, and uh, we saw it on YouTube for free in, in HD. So look, for me, it's. I feel like it's been a little bit the year of horror. Maybe that's also because we talk a lot about horror movies, something we both really like. Yeah, but I thought a lot of the movies we talked about were really good. So if you haven't checked it out, you guys give, for example, Barbarian a watch. It's a recent episode of ours. Um, movies we didn't talk about in horror was Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I quite liked, especially now that you're watching Euphoria, you should maybe give it a watch, Geraldo. It's basically a bunch of uh, sexy Gen Z teenagers being like in a big mansion in the middle of nowhere. A storm happens and then it becomes like a murder mystery um, with some funny twists and dialogue. Nothing super original, but entertaining, very entertaining. Great soundtrack as well. Then I actually, we saw a Danish horror movie recently. It's called Speak No Evil. So this movie is about family, uh, the parents and a, um, a young daughter. And they meet another family on an Ita Italy vacation. This family has one young son who doesn't really speak a lot. And yeah, and they become kind of friends on vacation. And then the uh, family they meet, it's a Dutch family. They invite them 
to their house in the Netherlands. So the Danish family visits them and uh, horror ensues. It's a very interesting movie about like social convention because the Dutch family behaves very strange, especially the father. But the Danish family always tries to stay super polite and not doesn't really leave when you would think like you should maybe leave now, but they don't want to offend the others. So it's very about social conventions. And I think especially here in the Nordics, the people often really are like that, try to be very polite and not step on anyone's toes. The ending, however, is super effed up. It's one of the most horrific endings probably I've ever seen in a movie. So just be aware of that. It's definitely not an easy fun watch. You rather leave the movie and will have quite a knot in your stomach, but it leaves an impression. So was that a theatre release? Um, there was a theatre release, I think, earlier this year, but I'm not sure if in Australia. But Speak No Evil, you can stream in, okay. in definitely some platforms. I think in the US they have this horror platform now called Shutter and promote it there, but I'm not sure if that is available in Australia, for example. Now, real recommendation, I have to say it's very cliche, Geraldo, but I think the best time in the theater this year I had with Top Gun 2. Oh, I thought it was great. You know, there's talk of Tom, you know, he's been nominated for an Oscar and I think they might give it to him because they're trying to get people to watch the Oscars again and that might actually make someone watch it. Yeah, they would definitely I think, nominate him. Yeah. I thought it was a really entertaining film. I really enjoyed it as well. Okay, so we better wrap this up because we're getting a five-minute left notice. I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. But a little bit of a shout-out to a listener, someone in Boardman, USA. Thanks for listening. Thank you from all the way across the pond tuning in. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope you forward our credentials to uh, the next best uh, Spotify studio in your area that we finally get the sponsoring we deserve. I know, like we're slowly getting some numbers up there, but I don't think we're ever going to get right up there. But you never know, you know, one day they might be doing a true crime podcast about us based on a murder-suicide, but I'm not saying who's killing who. I'm not saying who's killing who. (laughs) Yeah, I think this might be our best chance to actually get a podcast about it. You wouldn't believe how many true crime podcasts uh, there are in Germany. I recently saw one called Weird Crimes. So... If you kill me, please do it in a very weird way. So we'll at least get into this podcast. Like I said, I haven't even unpacked the boxes in my house. So let alone disposing of a body, you know, like this is a bit too much energy for me. Anyway, I better get my sleep because it's getting on to 9.06 p.m. So all the best, Gregor. And it's been nice doing this with you. And let's keep doing it. On to the start of 2.23. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.